pick up with verse 16. Daniel in chapter 6 and verse 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. And then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his uh, angel and has shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Verse 23. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. And the king commanded and they brought those men which had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children and their wives. And the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Let's pray. Father, come to you tonight, and I thank you for, Lord, your wisdom and your understanding. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the truths, uh, the simple and, and, and the deep that, that it has for us. I pray that, Father, our lives would be, would be open to the truth. Lord, would be open to living according to the teachings of this book, Father, I pray that uh, in this in this in this building uh, there, there's so many there's so many needs there's so many uh, just issues and, and problems that folks are dealing with. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would have the freedom to to reign and to touch each and every heart as you see fit. Father, I pray that not a one of us would have a hard heart or a, uh, an indifferent heart, but Father, have a heart that is open and tender and sensitive to your word. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, um, we used as our text Daniel chapter 3, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, a very famous Bible story. And here tonight, we're going to use another one, and we'll use this to springboard into a truth. But uh, the book of Daniel is, is a beautiful book. It's, it's a short book. I think it's 12 chapters long. It's an easy read. Um, there's a few very powerful stories, this being one of them. Um, you'll find another in Daniel chapter 1 about when Daniel and his friends Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, who were named, uh, renamed uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were, when they were brought to Babylon and how they took a stand for the Lord and how they purposed in their heart that they would not defile themselves with the king's meat or the king's wine. And boy, how God delivered them. But it's, it's really, it's, it's a book of, of trials and tribulations and, and how these men in a, in a foreign country, in a, in a, in a nation that, that was a heathen nation, how they overcame came in the name of Jehovah God. Daniel chapter 3, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter 6, Daniel and the lion's den. These are two great stories that deal with great trials. These stories are miraculous, 
beyond all shadow of a doubt. Uh, I, 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 we all say we'd sure like to have been in the, in the fiery furnace with, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we say, I'd love to be in the lion's den with Daniel. We're lying when we say that, amen? None of us want to go through those types of trials. But to be able to be delivered in the manner they were delivered is something that we all would love to see take place in our lives. And uh, folks, uh, the truths that these stories bring out are so powerful. But why the trial? Have you ever asked yourself why there is suffering in the Christian walk? Have you ever asked yourself why there are bumps in the road and why there are difficulties serving God? Tonight, I just want to give you four thoughts on why God allows these things to take place, on why God allowed a lion's den, why God allowed a burning fiery furnace, why God allowed three boys, four boys, taken into captivity to have to stand all alone for him. And so tonight, I, I desire to look at uh, the scripture uh, from, from this light. And, and folks, I want us to understand why God allows trials and tribulations to come. The first reason is to get us to draw closer to him. To get us to draw closer to him. I'm going to jump mics here, Leo. But I, I, I got to thinking about this. And I thought, you know, God, why, why did Daniel have to go through this? Why, why did Daniel have to suffer the indignity, the, the, the terrible accusations? And, and, and Daniel, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, was tried and, and he was supposedly going to be executed rightfully according to their law. But why would, why would God allow such an unjust law to be made? I mean, why, why, would, why would God allow it to be illegal to pray to your God? I mean, you just, you just look at that and you say, boy, God, I mean, I mean before you ever get to the, 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 the lion's den, you, you look at this entire story and you say, God, I, 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 I just don't understand. And folks, I got to tell you, sometimes in our lives we, we look at the trials and the tribulations that we're going through and we say, God, I, I don't understand this and I don't get it. And God, I, 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 I just, I wish you'd show me or I wish you'd tell me. And I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't see it. God, I don't see what you're trying to accomplish. Well, one of the things that God is trying to accomplish tonight is to get us to draw closer to him. Initially, as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, the first reason that God wants to, uh, he puts us through trials is, is to draw us close. But can I tell you, folks, God is always close. The Bible says, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. God's there. God's waiting. God's available. God allows us to go through trials so we will draw close to him. You know, I was thinking of this as a, as a father. You know, when the thunder is crashing and the lightning is popping, that's when the kids draw close, amen? That's when they want to crawl into your bed in the middle of the night. They, they're, they're, they're running in, you hear that little pitter-patter of feet, and you say, oh, man, I'm not going to sleep another 30 seconds the rest of the night. But they jump into your bed, and they dive in, and they want to be close to mama and daddy. When they're scared, boy, they, they, they cuddle up, and they'll, they'll, they'll sit on your lap. And, and folks, i got to tell you, some, one of the reasons God allows us to go through the trials in our lives is so that we will draw close to him. I was thinking about this as well. You know, the, the reason that, that, that haunted hayrides and, and haunted houses were created is that, so that, so that, so that uh, our wives, guys, would get close to us. Amen? Yeah, you know it. But folks, you'll never be closer to God than in your darkest and most difficult times. And I'm going to say this, at the time you will not recognize it or understand it. And I know, I, I, Brother Hager said that, that's why you took me in there, Jenny. Amen? Isn't that right? Yeah, I heard she had to carry you out of the haunted hayride, Mike. That's what I heard. 
bless God, he's a tough fella. He's a tough trucker, but don't let him fool you. Now, now folks, but what I want us to grasp hold of tonight is, see, we'll never be closer to God than in those dark times. You say, God, I, I don't see it, and God, I don't understand it. But as David said in Psalm chapter 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And folks, I, I, I need us to grasp hold of tonight as you go through a trial, as you go through a difficulty, as you go through some, some, some tribulation in your life, I want you to understand God is trying to get you to draw closer to him. He's allowing that for a purpose. And so please don't, don't look at your trial as, as, as a terrible or as an evil thing. And I, and I know that, that we all have that tendency and we say, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you afflicting me? And one of the reasons God has allowed it is for us to draw closer to him. He says, I love you. He says, you're my child. I desire you. Come closer. Secondly, tonight, God allows us to go through difficult times to show us his power. To show us his power. This story is a perfect example of that. If there had been no trial, if there had been no tribulation, there would not have been any Daniel coming up out of the lion's den saying, King, live forever. Could you imagine the king's, that blew his mind. And you read down in verses 25 through 28, and much like Nebuchadnezzar, he decrees that God is a mighty God. Don't mess with him. And folks, I want you tonight to grasp hold of this. See, God allows us to go through trials to show us his power. David talked much of his mighty God. God delights in working in our lives. You know, as, as a man, there are few things that I love more than taking my abilities and my talents and providing and helping and in certain cases rescuing those whom I love. This Christmas time, we had, uh, around Christmas time in December, we had gone to uh, La Crosse and we had taken the kids and just, just kind of get a day out of, out of town, away from the phone, you understand that. And, and we went to Target, and in Target they had this, I, I don't know, I'm guessing it's probably a 12 or a 16-inch little horse. And, and, and Emily looked at that thing and just, just fell in love with it. As, and Emily loves horses, and God deliver her from that evil temptation. But she loves horses, and she thinks they are the best thing the world has ever created. And she just she looked at that thing, and she just longed for it. And you could see it. And she said, Dad, I want it so bad. I want it so bad. I want it so bad. And I said, no, because I'm a father, bless God. As we're walking out, I looked at my wife. I said, can I run back in and get that for her, and we'll hide it in the car for Christmas. I'll meet you down the road, and I love to do that. Folks, I'm going to tell you, one of the reasons God allows us to go through trials is so he can show us his power. God wants to show himself mighty. God wants to say, hey, child, I'm here, and I always will be. God wants to lift us when we're fallen. God wants to carry the load with us. Do you not understand that? Jesus said, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. And my friend tonight, would you understand, hey, he wants to show himself powerful. You say, God, why are you allowing this? Why, why do I hurt God? Why do I suffer? God says, because I want to show myself powerful. I can imagine Daniel, as he's preparing to be thrown into the den of the lions, as he's preparing to more or less meet his fate and to meet his death. And I can imagine him praying and saying, God, I stood for you, I, I, or I kneeled for you. I, I got in front of my window, and God, I didn't shut my blinds, and I didn't shut the windows. And God, I, I prayed, and 
I, and I glorified you and I honored you and God I don't understand this and God I don't agree with it and I don't know why you're, you're forcing me into this situation. And God desired to show His power. And folks, I want you to understand that tonight. What a beautiful story of deliverance. What a beautiful story of triumph. What a beautiful story of a man conquering in the name of Christ. And tonight, as you're suffering, as you're dealing with things, as you're going through tribulations, would you understand God is sitting in heaven and saying, I love you, my child. Just go another step. Just be faithful to the end, and I will meet you, and I'll take care of you, and I'll provide for you, and I'll lift you up, and I'll watch over you. I desire to show you my power. Christians tonight, I pray that you understand that thirdly, God allows trials to teach us to trust Him. To teach us to trust Him. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 are beautiful verses. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. It says trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Let's face it tonight. This so-called Christian walk does not get mastered in a day. The knowledge and, and then the obedience needed to trust the Lord is developed over a process of time. Folks, it's one thing to know God can. It's another to act on the fact that He will. And you do understand that, I hope. See, tonight, some of you say, well, why, 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 why am I suffering this way? Why am I going through this? He's teaching you to trust Him. You know, my wife and I have been married for many years, 14 years. I trust her today more with things than I did when we got married. I confide in her in more ways than I did when I got married. Why? We've gone through some things together. And folks, as we walk in the Christian life, Man, when you first get saved, and we, we do, we, I mean, we, we, you, got, you got the rosy outlook and everything's going to be good and everything's going to be fine, and then all of a sudden something bad happens. You know, you, you, you go to your family, you go to your wife, or you go to your, your, your parents, and you say, boy, I trusted Christ and I got saved, and they look at you like you're a nut. Yes? And folks, he's teaching you to trust him. You say, but, but God, why, 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 doesn't, why isn't everybody as happy as I am? God's teaching you to trust him. You say, God, why, why am I going through this, this trial in my life? God, why do I feel like I can't even get out of bed? Why do I feel like every time that I, I try to make a right decision, I just get beat down again? He's teaching you to trust him. And my friend tonight, understand that. Well, I trust God more today than I did five years ago. I don't pretend to have a great faith. But my faith has grown as it has been put to the test and put to practice. Man, there are times, and I, I do, I've looked up to heaven and said, God, why? Judges, if you told me why, I would believe you and I'd act on that. But God wants me to believe him and act on him without me knowing the answer. That's trust. Trust is when I look at a person and I say, I'll trust you to come through for me even though I can't see the end of this. I'm sorry, but folks, you know, we, we, we don't understand the concept of faith today. We in America, we like to walk by sight, not by faith. Brother, we want to know what our retirement's going to be. We want to know what our perks are going to be at our job. We want to know what our vacation time's going to be. We want everything laid out in front of us. And my friend, I'm here to tell you, that's not how God works. God does not say, here's the retirement package. This is what I have planned for you in your 60s and 70s and 80s and your senior years. God doesn't do that. God says, you follow me, you trust me, you obey me, 
and I'll bless you and I'll provide for you and I'll take care of you. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, what does that mean? Well, he'll take care of our needs. You say, well, God, I want this. God doesn't handle demands very well. And folks, tonight, I, I, I beg you to understand, why does God allow that trial in your life? Why, why has he put that on your doorstep? And tonight, I know many of you are faced with trials, and you're faced with tribulations, and you're faced with temptation. And, and, and some of us, we look at it and say, God, I just, I don't want to deal with it right now. Well, God's allowing you to deal with it right now to teach him or to teach you to trust him. Trials force trust to take place. When my life is easy and good, my trust in the Lord tends to wane. And my trust in me tends to grow. I believe that this here is one of the reasons, one of the greatest reasons that trials come. God says you got to trust me. you got to trust me. Because don't we all like to trust us? I like to trust me. I'm good to me. I'm nice to me. I give myself what I want. Amen? God says, I want you to trust me. He said, you have got to allow me to make the decisions. Folks, God isn't my co-pilot. God is my pilot, is he not? And that's hard. It's hard for me to take the hands off the wheel and say, God, I will trust you to take care of me and to take care of my wife and to take care of my children and to take care of my family. And God, I will follow you. And God, I'll obey you. And God, I'll do what you ask me to do. God, I will trust you. Truth be told, that's a very difficult statement to make. Because I don't like to trust God with everything. I don't like to trust God with all my ways. I don't like to trust God with all my heart. You say, Pastor, how can you say this? And I'm not talking about, about saving faith tonight. I'm talking about the Christian walk. Because there are things in my Christian walk that I have kept for me and they're mine alone. And I don't want God messing with it because I got it the way I want it. And I don't want God to touch that area of my life. How many times have you prayed, God, I'll serve you, but do not touch that person. God, I'll serve you, but do not mess with my husband's job. God, I will serve. And my friend, that is not trusting God. Trusting God is God. when you say, God, you can have everything and you can do anything you want in my life. You can even take my life and I will follow you no matter what. And that's a very difficult statement to make, but that is the type of trust that God desires from us. The first commandment is, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy what? Thy heart. God said, I want you to love me with everything you have, even to the fact that you'll follow me to the very gates of hell and that you will pursue souls for Christ within striking distance of hellfire. Now, folks, understand that. I mean, these New Testament saints that we read about, Paul and Peter and James, these men literally walked and defied death time and time again, and they did not do it because they were brave and heroic and courageous men. Although I think they were, they did it because they trusted in God. That's why. They had faith that God would take care of them. When Paul was stoned to the point where everybody who stoned him thought he was dead, God said, Paul, get up and go to the next town. I'm sorry, folks. When this first rock hits your body, I'm guessing you're saying, God, <laughs> really? Me? Today? 
just preached your word. Do you understand that? As you read through the life story of the Apostle Paul, you'll find out how many times he got beaten and he got bruised and he got whipped and he got shipwrecked and he got, I mean, friends forsook. And you read that man's story and you say, God, that guy had it rough. And God said, I took care of him though, didn't I? He fulfilled his purpose for me. And friend, tonight, would you understand these trials that God's allowing, they're to teach you to trust Him. And you say, God, I don't want the trial. But God is teaching you to trust Him. Fourthly tonight, why does God allow trials? To help us grow as His child. My job as a parent is not to take away trials and tribulations from my children, but to teach them to grow and mature past them. And parents, can I say this, and I'll sidetrack for a moment. Do not necessarily pull the trials away from your child's life. I, I, <laughs> I'm not for bullying, and I don't want you to think that I am. But folks, can I tell you that the real world is not all sunshine and roses? I mean, just because you get made fun of at school doesn't mean that you need to pull the kid out of school and, 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 and hide them from every other child in the world. I'm sorry. Your kid probably was acting like a brat. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell anybody else, but it's truth. And I know that, that that terrible person shouldn't have said that, but folks, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, I worked on the truck docks of Chicago, and I got called every name in the book, and the boss didn't care. Can you imagine that? I mean, I got cursed at vilely. I mean, there were guys who would delight in taking God's name in vain in front of me, and I hated it, and they knew it, and they would do it to spite me, and most of them let it go after a while, after, after not you know, having a decent testament. But, folks, i got to tell you something. That bothered me, and, boy, those guys would say things, and they were just vile men. The boss didn't care a lick. So what? Deal with it. Man up. Well, we're, we're raising a generation of young people who can't handle a trial or a tribulation to save their life. Little Johnny was mean to me. Well, little Johnny's always going to be mean to you. Deal with it. Do you know that there's little Johnnies everywhere you go in life? Just when you grow up, they become big Johnnies, yes? And they do, and they, it's almost like some people in life, it's, it is their lot in life to torment you, is it not? I mean, guys, you work with some people, and I, I know it, and, and you go to work, and you say, man, if there was anything I could do today, God, I would get that man fired. I would. I'd love it. But he ends up being your boss. And you've got to deal with it. Man, God allows trials and tribulations to help us grow. And parents, we need to allow our children to grow through those things. But folks, God as a perfect father is helping me to grow in grace. Do you know that if no load is applied to my back, my ability to carry more is severely handicapped? This week at our basketball tournament, we had a team cancel out on us one week before the tournament started. We've blacklisted them. We'll never speak to them again. I'm teasing. But, but we had a team cancel out on us in the last moment. And so for, for the basketball tournament, we had an eight-team tournament. We needed an extra team. And so what we did is we got a group of little guys that play basketball. And, and they had the, the, we had, we had a, what we called our Prairie Christian Academy B team. All right? 
and, and there are all these, 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 these midgets except for Avery, who is sort of kind of tall, but we had, the, 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 we, we had the attack of the munchkins on the floor. I mean, here's these little guys, and they're just going after it, and they were playing hard, and boy, Brother George got to coach them and did a pretty good job. I'll say that. They were in one of the ball games till halftime and did a very good job. But these, these little guys are running on the floor, and, and, and you could see it in their eyes. They, they were getting frustrated, and they were getting, they, you know, a couple of them got close to tears, and, and they're out there, and they're getting pounded on, man. The other teams didn't feel real bad about beating them. And, 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 and you could see, but i got to tell you something, that's not bad. It's not bad to sometimes have to go up an opponent, against an opponent who is bigger and stronger and better than you because it teaches you to fight and to pursue and to chase. And to go on. You know, I've wondered, how in the world was David so comfortable going up against Goliath? David went onto the battlefield, and the Bible tells us that when David stepped out there with his sling and his five stones, he took a stone, he put it in his sling, and he began to run at Goliath. Now, I'm all for fighting, and I'm, I, I, man, I have a brother. We grew up. We fought. I'm all for fighting, and I got to tell you, but there's something about going and running at a bigger, taller, scarier man that really, when you read the story, you say, David, that wasn't the brightest strategic move in the world. I don't know about you. That's just my take on it. But you think about it, you say, well, David killed a bear and a lion with his bare hands. And he did. But do you know that David was the youngest brother? Do you know when David got to the camp, his big brother and big brother's always the wisest and the best, but David's wasn't. And, and David's brother, I think it was Eliab, he ridiculed David. And said, oh, you're just here to show off. I know you. You're just nothing but a big braggart. You're a nobody. Go back and watch your ten little sheep, David. Go home. Shoo, shoo. Get away. Well, I'm going to tell you something. David had older brothers for a reason. David learned some grit, man. He learned how to get pounded on as a kid. Amen? I'm sorry, that's life. And David learned how to handle some adversity. And so when Goliath came, David said, I took the bear and the lion out, and God knows I got anointed above my brothers, and I could care less what they think, so I'm killing you, Goliath, because God has a purpose. God allows trials to help us grow as his child. God does. He does. And my friend tonight, understand that. If no load's applied, my ability to carry more is severely handicapped. I do not desire to have my three children whose growth physically, mentally, socially, emotionally, and spiritually, I don't want to have that stunted. I don't. And I'm an imperfect father. I'm as flesh and blood as the next guy. I have things in my life I wish weren't there. I struggle. And I'm an imperfect father, but I don't want to have my children have their growth stunted. I want them when they become adults and they walk out of mama and daddy's house to walk out as mature people in every sense of the word. I want them to be able to conduct themselves privately in a proper manner. I want them to be able to conduct themselves publicly in a proper manner. I do. That's what I desire for my kids. I don't know what God has in store for my children. I don't. If I have my way, I'll probably keep them at home forever, but that's probably not what God... He doesn't have that plan. God's going to probably want them to spread their own wings and fly at some point. And I want to train them and to teach them to grow now as a child. I don't want them to be an 18-year-old man or a 20-year-old girl trapped in a 12-year-old's mentality. And we have too much of that in our culture today. And speaking Christian-wise, we have a lot of that going on. 
Well, well, I don't want to deal with it. you got to deal with that, brother. That's part of the Christian walk. If you do not deal with that problem, you will not grow. If you do not carry that load, if you do not deal with that problem, that problem, I promise you, is going to be right there tomorrow morning staring you in the face. And folks, I, 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 I love you with all of my heart, but running from your problems never works. I've talked to people and they said, well, I'm going to move and I'm going to get out of this area and I'm going to get away from my problems. Good luck. You can move and you can go to a different area, but the, at the day you wake up in that new area, there's all them same old problems you had before. You say, I just want a fresh start. Well, brother, accept Christ and walk with God. And if you have accepted Christ, confess your sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You can have a clean slate with God tonight. And you understand that if you're unsaved, get saved. If you're saved, confess your sin, forsake it, and get right with God. But tonight, would we understand God is allowing us to deal with some trials in our life because he is desiring us to grow. And I'm going to tell you this, folks. Do you know that growth does not always correlate to the exact load you have on your shoulders? Do you know there are some loads you carry physically that are going to teach you mentally? I don't understand that, but that's how it works. There are some loads you're going to carry privately, some trials that you deal with privately that are going to help you publicly. I don't pretend to understand how God does that and how God raises. I do know this. God is growing us by going through those trials. See, my desire is to see those three kids develop into fine, mature adults. Could God possibly desire any less for his children? Tonight I ask you, why the trials? Why the trials? Number one, to get us to draw close to God. I think Daniel probably had the best prayer night of his entire life in the lion's den. Amen? Started out with, Lord, help me. And by the end of the night, praise God, I'm free, free, free. Yes? Secondly, to show us his power. Thirdly, to teach us to trust Him. You know, you've seen, you've seen uh, those, those married couples, you know, when they, they go to the marriage counselor and he has the wife stand up and has the husband stand behind her and close your eyes and then, you know, just, just fall back and he's supposed to catch you. I would never do that with my wife. But folks, he's trying to teach us to trust him. You say, God, I can't see you. He knows that. God, I don't understand. He knows that. He's asking you to trust him. And fourthly tonight, why the trials? He's helping us to grow as his child. Folks, I, I don't I like the trials. But I know in the Christian life, as in life, that the bitter tends to be better. We don't appreciate the sunshine without the clouds. We don't. We don't enjoy the clear skies without the, the, the rain. We do not enjoy joy without sorrow. In Isaiah chapter 53, the Bible tells us Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He understood what it was to hurt. And he did that 
so that he could help us through and mature us and perfect us for his purpose. And tonight, whether you're coming out of a trial, smack dab in the middle of it, or getting ready to come into one, and I promise you everybody in here is in one of those three places, understand, I've just given you four things, and there's many other reasons we could talk about, but I've given you four reasons why God allows the trials to come. And my friend tonight, just take these home, jot them down, and scripturally you say, hey God, you're trying to accomplish something. God, I'll, I'll, I'll follow you. I love you. I'll trust you. I'll obey you. One day, whether it's in this life or in the next, you'll show me why. Let's go and stand to our feet. My friend, tonight I've not tried to belabor the topic. But going through tough times is a fact of life for everybody in this room. I don't care your age, don't care your background. It's part of life. What I would ask you to do is look at it from a biblical perspective. And understand, yes, God did allow it. I'm not saying God necessarily did it to you, but God did allow it. He has a design and he has a purpose. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. The trials that God puts you through as a Christian will make you a better Christian. The trials God puts you through as a, as a husband and a wife will bring you closer together. The trials God puts you through with your kids will make you a better parent and will make them better children. And tonight I would just challenge you to go through the trial. Learn what you're supposed to learn. If you don't know what you're supposed to learn, just let God teach you, let God show you. Maybe he's just trying to grow you up a little bit. But you go through the trial. Don't avoid it, don't run from it. By God's grace, you go through it. As the instruments begin to play tonight, if the Lord's laid something on your heart, I'd encourage you, the altar's open. You take advantage of that.
right. Uh, by the way, I did need to mention uh, Brother Dahl and Tony. Their daughters are not Tiffany and Tiffany, as I mentioned this morning. Their oldest daughter is Nicole. And I do know that. I'm a terrible uncle, but I did want to clarify that as we had Brother Dahl come. That's a terrible way to start that, having our men close in a word of prayer. Can't even get kids' names right. Isn't that terrible? At least I got his wife, uh, uh, Tony's name right. At least I did that and uh, almost messed up there. So, yes, all right. No, I'm teasing, but no, praise the Lord. Folks, man is born in problems, born in trouble, and we die that way. Life is dealing with problems. It's dealing with situations. And, and again, I wish, I wish I could say that if you, if you, if you do everything right, and, and, and nothing bad will ever happen. That's not true. That's not true. If you need proof, just go to the Bible and read it. All right? It's, life, is, life is full of trouble. But God has a purpose and a design. And he'll use it. And folks, I can promise you this. When this life is over and the trials are past, I will say this. I don't believe in many cases that we would avoid those things. Once we see and once we understand, we'll say, God, I didn't like it and it hurt, but you had a reason. My friend, allow, allow God to teach you, and he will. Let's be dismissed tonight with a word of prayer. Thank you for being in the service. Brother Leo, up there in the PA booth, can I ask you to pray and dismiss us?